Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Himalaya. You're listening to Think Like an Economist, a Himalaya learning production. For exclusive content like bonus episodes and supplemental materials for this podcast and others like it, go to Himalaya.com econ and enter promo code econ, E-C-O-N, at checkout to get your first 14 days free. It's time to think like an economist. I love thinking like an economist because at the end of the day, I think that's why I'm such an optimist. Economics gives me hope. Welcome to Think Like an Economist with me, Betsy Stevenson. And with me, Justin Wolfers. This is the podcast where you learn how to, well, think like an economist. You'll make better decisions about all parts of your life, big and small. Learn to think like an economist and you'll have the tools that you'll need to help with life's big decisions. Should you buy a home or keep renting? Should you stay in your job or is it time to look for better opportunities? And also for the everyday decisions, such as whether to have one more cup of coffee We'll hear from entrepreneurs, students, parents, and policy wonks who'll help guide you, whether you're making decisions about your career, your free time, or even your love life. You see, when you learn to think like an economist, you'll basically live a better life. So let's get down to it. Journalist and former economics student Nastaran Tavakoli Farr is joining us, and this week we're going to start talking about the fundamentals, what we call the core principles of economics. Hi, Betsy. Hi, Justin. So this is a really big and exciting mission that you guys have with this podcast. And I am super excited to basically transform how I think about things and how I live. So we're going to go through what we call the core principles. Betsy and I believe that thinking like an economist can be boiled down to four big ideas that together form the building blocks of good decision making. The secret to economics isn't learning these principles. It's learning to apply them. So what are the core principles? Yeah, so we'll quickly list these for you before delving in. We have the cost-benefit principle, which is really just a supercharged version of the idea that you should look at the pros and cons of any situation or any decision you make. We're going to focus on that principle, the cost-benefit principle, in this episode. Next is the opportunity cost principle. That's where we look at the next best alternative. So what would I choose to do if I didn't buy a coffee? And let me say, I really like coffee. Maybe not as much as I do. Okay, let's move on. Next, we have the marginal principle. Now, this one helps you decide about quantities, such as how many cups of coffee to drink or how many hours to work. I mean, you can even apply it to how many hours you rest or play, but it's essentially answering the question, how many? And the final one is the interdependence principle, which is about how all our decisions are interconnected. You know, if I decide to drink more coffee, that's money I can't spend on tea. If I drink more coffee, it leaves less for you, Naz. And it will also impact the market for related goods, like milk or sugar. 
not to mention the effects on global trade flows, as most coffee comes from overseas. You see, everything's connected. So this is interesting because you're talking about a really wide range of decisions from coffee versus tea, which is a really important decision we all make, all the way to figuring out things such as how much to work, which is about concepts such as income and labor and the sorts of big things we think about when we hear the word economics. That's the point, Nas. When you think about whether to work an extra hour or day, you're making an economic decision. And when you're deciding to have one more cup of coffee, you're going to follow a pretty similar thought process. The stakes might be different, but they're the same in terms of the actual decision-making process. Economist Mary Daly tells us that thinking like an economist is what has helped her understand people and the world around her. Hi, I'm Mary Daly, President and CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. And personally, I think everyone should think like an economist. I know it helped me. It helped me understand people. People confused me. They still do. But at an early age, I knew this was true. And what economics did is it gave me a way to understand people, a way to understand that they're responding to motivations, incentives, things that are important to them that I may not even see. And then unless I ask questions and unless I understand that context, I can't actually understand them. And I started asking questions about why do we do what we do? And that's why I love thinking like an economist, because at the end of the day, I think that's why I'm such an optimist. Economics gives me hope. Thinking like an economist is really about the thought processes rather than what you're deciding about. And that's what makes it so powerful. Once you learn to think like an economist, you'll see opportunities to apply the skill everywhere and it can better help you understand others. Mary Daly argues that people are responding to incentives and motivations that we might not even see. That's the subject of today's episode, the cost-benefit principle. So this sounds a little bit like pros and cons, perhaps. Well, yes, though it's a bit more refined than that. For every decision, there are benefits and costs, and you should choose something if the benefits of that choice are more than the costs of making that choice. And you can apply this to pretty much every decision you make. Okay, let's start with a really obvious example. So the benefit of listening to this podcast right now is that you'll learn how to think like an economist. And That's therefore a huge benefit. It is a huge benefit because you're going to make better decisions and transform your life. But the cost is, I mean, I guess it's the time you're going to spend listening to this. Right, so you could be watching TV. Yes. You can apply this principle to just about anything. You'll use it when thinking of which career to pursue or even thinking of whether you should buy a cup of coffee. What you need to remember is that you should choose something only if the benefits are at least as big as the costs. Okay, so let's stick to this example of buying a cup of coffee because I think a lot of people listening now have maybe had to grapple with this decision earlier today. So the benefit of a cup of coffee is the enjoyment you get out of drinking the coffee. And I guess the cost is literally the money you have to pay to, you know, buy this coffee. So these these seem like slightly different things, though. The benefits enjoyment, the cost is a sum of money. So, I mean, how do we compare enjoyment to money to figure out if the benefit exceeds the cost? Well, what we want to do is put everything on a common scale. So let's convert everything to dollars so it can make more sense. Now, Naz, you sound a little skeptical, but it's possible (laughs) to put a price on your enjoyment of coffee. And Mm -hmm. that's how we do that. So let's ask, how much are you willing to pay for a cup of coffee? So I'm not much of a coffee fan. I'm a really big tea drinker. Well, this is interesting, as I really like coffee. 
And I'd probably be willing to spend more on a cup of coffee than you. Coffee's okay. It's it's a warm drink. It's not bad. I'll probably spend up to a dollar maximum on a cup. Right. Like if that was your only choice. Uh... <laughs> it's better than nothing. I'm, I'm willing to pay up to a dollar for a, for a cup of coffee. I'm more likely to spend up to $4 on a cup of coffee. So if I show up at a coffee shop and they're selling coffee for three fifty, I'm willing to pay up to $4. So I'm clearly going to buy that cup of coffee for three fifty. Now, you probably would have passed on it, Naz. Yes. Because that cost, right, is more than you're willing to pay. Look, the benefit of a cup of coffee has nothing at all to do with the price. The benefit is simply an expression in dollars of how much joy the coffee brings you. So it can be helpful to think about the benefit before you take a look at the price. Okay, so Betsy, this makes a lot of sense, but it sounds kind of like sort of cold, rational economics. I like to think we're more romantic about the joy someone gets from a delicious cup of coffee. Look, it's just not that ruthless. (laughs) Money's simply a measuring stick. It's a way we can put the benefits and the costs into the same units. When they're in the same units, that gives us the tools to take account of all the aspects of this choice. Look, as economists, we're not obsessed with money. It's just a useful measuring stick. I like to say that economists are no more obsessed with money than architects are with inches. It's just how we measure things. And by using this measuring stick, we can take something non-financial. This is your point about it being romantic, the joy you get from a cup of coffee, and compare it to the costs. This simple trick means that we're no longer obsessed with just the financial stuff. We can take account of all the costs and all the benefits, not just those that come with a price tag. Betsy likes coffee. Naz doesn't. And you've clearly shown that in how much you'd each be willing to pay for a cup of joe. And the cost-benefit principle doesn't mean you're selfish either. Naz, you don't like coffee. But what if you were meeting a friend who does? So I would be happy to spend more than a dollar for my friend's coffee because... Sure, be enjoying it, and that will make me happy. And also, we're meeting up to hang out, so it's not really about the coffee. It's about maintaining the friendship, and that is worth more than a dollar to me. There you go. So remember, you should be thinking of this question, what's my willingness to pay? How much am I willing to pay for my friend to have a cup of coffee so they're happy and we're happy and we're all hanging out? You have to remember to think of the full sets of costs and the full sets of benefits. For me... Coffee in the evening starts to become a cost, and then I won't get a good night's sleep. That's why I'm not going to spend $4 on a cup of coffee in the evening, but I will pay $4 for a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. Also, because I really want to make it clear that thinking like an economist is not selfish, ruthless, or cold-hearted, we need to remember that everyone benefits when we apply the cost-benefit principle. Betsy buys a cup of coffee, she's happy. The cafe sells it to her, they're happy. Betsy wants the coffee, the cafe wants her cash. It's a win-win. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So this all sounds really straightforward. Are there any tips or words of caution? Yes, you have to be really careful that other factors don't cloud your decision making. And you need to focus on the costs and the benefits. A common pitfall is that people will be influenced by how something is sold to them. For example, people might be more likely to buy something they don't really want simply because it's on sale. They buy a lime green sweatshirt that's sold by a big brand name company and was on sale for $25 down from the original price of 110. They think they're getting a bargain as they've seen the price drop, but did they really want that green sweatshirt in the first place enough that they'd be willing to spend $25 on it? This is called the framing effect and we've all fallen for it. Marketers use it all the time to try to fool you into buying stuff even when the benefits are less than the costs. You sometimes see this at restaurants. They'll add an outrageously expensive item on the menu, say a a fancy lobster, and even though no one ever buys it. The point of the lobster is to make all the other stuff on the menu look like a bargain by comparison. But the truth is, even if there's a $60 lobster on the menu, it doesn't make a $20 hamburger a bargain. You really need to focus on if you want each individual dish in the first place and how much you want it. Okay, so let's say I'm looking at this menu and I see a goat's cheese salad, which looks pretty good. How would an economist help me decide whether I should order this salad or not? One trick to avoiding the framing effect is to ask yourself first, how much am I willing to pay for this goat's cheese salad? Only after that should you look at the price or the rest of the menu. You only want to order the goat's cheese salad if the price is less than what you're willing to pay. The price of the lobster, the price of the steak, and whether it's on sale are all irrelevant. Okay, so I really want us to really understand this. Is there a more complicated example we can go through? Well, let's go with whether it makes sense to buy a car or not. That's a big decision a lot of people have to make. Yeah, Naz, is that something you've ever wrestled with, whether you should own a car or not? Yeah, so I did briefly own a car and financially it didn't make sense, but I really loved the car. So it was it was really difficult to give it up. Yeah, I think that it's a mistake people often make either buying a car or hanging on to a car. They're emotionally attached to the car and then they try to make fake financial reasons for why they should keep it. That's a benefit we should definitely take into account, but let's not fool ourselves about the rest of the math. So how should we work through the question of whether it makes sense to own a car? Okay, so it's time to dust off the cost-benefit principle. So Naz, let's go through some of the costs you faced hanging on to the car. So... I was probably spending about $100 a month on gas and parking is really expensive. So that was about $20 a day. That'll be $100 a week if I'm working five days a week. And so we're looking at $400 a month for for parking. Right. So you've got $500 a month that you were spending on gas and parking. What about insurance and maintenance? And all those sort of other costs. Did you ever think how much you were spending just on upkeep of your car? Yeah, I think the last year I had it, it came to maybe just under $2,000. So that sort of ballpark. So around about another 200 bucks a month. So take your previous 500, add 200, 
We're at 700 bucks a month costs. Hmm. I can see why you might have started to think about whether you should hang on to this car. What did you use the car for? What were the benefits? So I used to use it for going to work. And, you know, it's 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 nice on my back not to have to, like, carry everything with me. And then yeah, it's just I just enjoy driving. And it also meant that I could go for a drive on the weekend or, you know, do kind of things like that as well. So here's one way of thinking about the benefits. What if you'd taken an Uber or a taxi for every one of those rides? How much do you think that would have cost you? If I had to Uber to work, it's probably about $30 a day. So if we're thinking I'm working 20 days a month, that'll be $600 a month. Okay, so the benefits of buying a car is that you can save $600 in Uber fees. And the costs is it's going to cost you 700 bucks a month. Naz, weigh it up for me. Do the benefits of buying a car exceed a cost? Um, they don't. But, but I did really love the car. But no, on a, on a rational, rational scale, no. It doesn't make sense to have a car. And so if you follow this logic, Naz, you could save $100 a month right there by taking more Ubers and not buying that expensive car. So I think a lot of people think the idea that you would take an Uber or take a taxi is really indulgent. And I think it's really important for people to be able to just do the math and figure out whether when they do something like buy a car, they're going to yield a a stream of benefits for themselves that are at least as big as the stream of costs. For some people, the math is definitely going to work out. They should go out and buy that car. But for other people, it's not indulgent to take Ubers or taxis. It's actually cost savings. Now I feel less bad about letting go of my beloved car. And that is the beauty (laughs) of the cost-benefit principle. So we've just gone through the cost-benefit principle. Let's summarize. The cost-benefit principle reminds you that any decision you face, there's going to be benefits and there are going to be costs. And if you want to make a good decision, you want to tally up all the benefits and all the costs and only do things where the benefits are at least as big as the costs. And the key parts of what Betsy said there, don't forget, it's all the benefits, not just the financial ones. All the costs, not just the financial ones. You don't have to be selfish when you apply this, but you do have to be systematic. And is there anything we can start practicing? Over the next few days, as you find yourself making decisions, pause for a moment and ask yourself why you're making the choice you're making. Really think. And I bet you'll discover that it's really about costs and benefits. Perhaps you'll discover that, subconsciously, you're really following the cost-benefit principle. And in the next episode, we'll come back and talk about the costs that people sometimes overlook. Cool. Okay, so we'll speak to you all then. Thanks, Naz, for joining us. I'm Betsy Stevenson. I'm Justin Wolfers. Thanks for helping me to think like an economist. To get the most out of this show, check out our bonus episodes and supplemental materials available only on the Himalaya Learning platform. Himalaya Learning provides bite-sized courses from world-class thinkers and industry experts such as Ariana Huffington, Malcolm Gladwell, Tim Ferriss, and more for you to enjoy in the app on the go. Go to Himalaya.com econ and enter promo code econ, E-C-O-N, at checkout for your first 14 days free. It's time to think like an economist.